have a book of Chronicles or First and Second Kings. Do you know why? What, what they're books of is they're books of the life of a king. And, and even though none of the books in the Bible, other than, other than a few kings, they don't go into a lot of detail. Now, I'm, I'm going to read it to you because I want you to kind of get a mental image of what I'm trying to say because I've got to make a point. Um, 2 Chronicles 24.1, jo, Joash was seven years old when he became the king. He reigned 40 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zibah from Beersheba. Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all of the days of his life. All right, let's read another one, 24:15. Let me just read another one. Jedediah grew up, grew old, and was full of days and died. He was 130 years old when he died. And they buried him in the city of David among the kings because he had done good in Israel, both toward God and his house. Let's look at another one. Um, you, are you kind of seeing where I'm trying to go here? Anybody getting an idea of what I'm doing? Kind of. Uh, just a second. Twelve. King Rehoboam strengthened himself in Jerusalem and reigned. Now Rehoboam was 40 years old when he became the king. He reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes, and put his name there. And his mother's name was Namah of the Amorites. He did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Let me read one more to you. Um, and Abijah rested with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa, his son, reigned in his place. In the days the land was quiet ten years. Asa did what was good and right in the sight of God. He removed the altars from foreign gods, and high places broke down sacred pillars. Now, go to the book of Revelation, verse 12, 20. The book of Chronicles, first and second Chronicles, are thumbprints of kings. I'm going to make a statement to you, and I don't ever want you to forget it. In heaven right now, they're still writing the book of Chronicles. There is a book on you. And I mean everything about you. Now, I'm saying that because I want you to think. There's a thumbprint. This guy did this. This guy did that. He reigned. He lived right. He didn't live right. I'm not talking about the fact that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. We're not, we're not talking about a list of all the wrong you did or all just the right you did. It's a thumbprint on what you did, period. And read the book of Revelation now with me, and uh, let's go to 20, and let's read this. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. When you get to heaven, and you and I are going to, I'm going to read some scriptures in a minute. When we stand before God, they're going to go and get the books on you. Did you know that? And everything in there that you have ever done is in the book. I mean, you say, well, I, my, all of my sins are under the blood. Well, that's, that's in there. And I mean, I'm not saying you're going to miss heaven. I'm going to show you in a minute. You're not going to miss heaven because of this. You're going to go to heaven. But there's a mindset in the body of Christ today that I'm getting saved and going to heaven and eat three musketeers and just stand around heaven and play harps. That's really not true. Everything that you do, God is watching what you do with what you have. And it's very, very important for you to know this. Because, because right now, some of y'all are going to think to yourself, well, shoot, maybe I ought to tighten up a little bit. And, and yeah, you ought to. You, we, ought to, we ought to watch what we do and why we do it so that we're ready. You know, test day is coming. The test, you're going to get a test. You're going to give an account. And the an accountant, accountant is going to bring out the books. And I mean, everything's in there. I mean, I mean, if, if you came to church tonight and tithe, that, 
There's angels that follow you around and write down what you do. They tithe. They tipped. Now, I'm saying all of that because these books are going to follow you for eternity. You're not going to get up there and be a slob here and then have this great life in heaven. I mean, you're going to heaven, but, it, but there are stages of heaven and there's people live in the inner city with God and there's people live in the outer city. And thank God we're all going to heaven, but there's a little more to this than just we're all going to heaven, eat three musketeers and never get fat. So go to 1 Corinthians for, uh, chapter 3, and I'm saying this because I want you to begin to think a little bit about what you're doing. I don't, I don't think, listen, just listen to my heart, I don't think Christians are really thinking much about your life, about standing before God and give an account of your life. I think we kind of got this, come to Jesus, get saved, that's it. And that's not it. That's just day one, baby. So, so one of the things, um, I got a little chart here, and I did this last week, and I want you all to pay attention to what I'm showing you. We went in last week and talked about 1 Thessalonians 5.23, man of spirit has soul, lives in a body. We understand that your spirit man was dead in sin. You were dead. There was nothing you could do about it. So the new birth is when God did for you what you could not do. But whether your spirit, mind, or flesh ruled, you can decide that. So God will not save your soul, and he will not put your body under and you will give an account of this. I'll thank y'all for y'all's enthusiasm. Now, now, if it gets quiet in here, I'm okay. I've preached in Wisconsin. I'll tell you, I've preached in Wisconsin. Y'all have no idea what it's like to preach to people who never even move their face. And on the way out, they go, good sermon. And that's the only positive thing. I mean, there ain't no amens, ain't no grunt, nothing. Man, I thought, uh, talk about the dead in Christ. You guys are going first. All right. So this is the part of you that God recreated. That's the part we say, I'm born again on my way to heaven, sing glory, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. But that doesn't mean this guy's ruling. All it means is that God has taken care of your number one issue. You were dead in sin, but he did not take care of the renewing of your mind, and he did not take care of you putting your flesh under, and he did not take care of whether you are spirit-minded or you're a carnal Christian or not. You will do that. Now, I'm going to say this, and I want you all to get mad at me. About 80% of everybody you meet born again is flesh-ruled carnal and never grow in God. When Kenneth Copeland started ministry, he had a, a vision of people that he saw spiritually, they were skinny and dilapidated. Many Christians today, when they get in a fight, they're not ready for the devil. And he just beats the mud out of them because they've never spiritually gotten ready for the fight. They're, they're, they're carnal-minded, flesh-minded people. And we see that in the Bible. Okay. Hallelujah. Now, say, I'm going to change that. All right. Now, I'm glad you're in this place tonight, aren't you? you? You know, you thought you just did the dew drop in. Nobody does the dew drop in in this church. You were assigned here. Some of you didn't like it, but you assigned anyway. All right, look, look, at, look at 1 Corinthians 3, 9. For we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field, and you are God's building. 
according to the grace of God, which was given to me, a wise master builder, I laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take how he builds on it. No other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. If anyone builds on this foundation gold, silver, precious stone, or wood, hay, and straw, each one's work, that's you, will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, that would be you, has built on it endures, you will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. Look at the next one. He himself will be saved. Say, thank you, Jesus. But as through fire. Did y'all get that? In other words, we're not talking here about your salvation. We're not talking here about whether you're going to heaven or hell. You're, you, you, Jesus took care of that. But we are talking about the fact that there will come a day when you and I will stand before God and give an account of what we did with what he gave us. Did you take the word? And become spirit-minded, growing spiritually, and becoming like Jesus? Or did you stay like Adam all of your life and live just for you? You're gonna, you and I are going to give an answer to that. In other words, to whom much is given, help me with the rest of it, much is required. And you say, well, I didn't go to a church where I learned that. You're responsible for truth even though you weren't here. I mean, I got stopped by the cops one time and I got arrested. And they said, uh, ignorance of the law is no excuse. You should have learned it. I went, well, I didn't know that what I did was against the law. They said, well, you do now. And handcuffed me and hauled me away. And I went, that's unfair. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. So maybe your mommy should have taught you, maybe your daddy should have taught you, and maybe you should have been reading law books instead of smoking dope, but you really should not have done what you did. Thank you all for y'all's enthusiasm. You know, whenever the police say, what you say can and will, that's not a lie. They would never know you did anything if you just shut up. Boy, y'all are lively tonight. I love it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's go there. Y'all all right? All right. I'm trying to build a little fire under you because it's time for you to stop playing your game. Well, I didn't love the Lord. Nah, you're a liar. You don't love the Lord. If you loved him, you'd obey him. Well, I didn't have time. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You had time. You were, you were on Facebook. You know what you do. <laughs> and we think, well, I have a good heart. Well, that's good. And I promised God I'd be nice. That's one of the vows I've made to God. I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to be a lot nicer. And if I ever step off and I'm not, I just went right with God and get it under the blood, even though the angel just wrote down, made a smart remark to all the people tonight. <laughs> there is an angel that follows you everywhere you go and writes down everything you do. The reason I know this, I was watching a video one day, and this guy was talking about angels, and, and um, he looked up in a church service, and this angel was writing, and he asked, he asked the Lord, he said, what are they doing? But he's, he's a recording angel. So this guy that got saved in this church service like a week later died, and he went to heaven, and he was shocked that he went to heaven because right up until then, he'd been a very, very bad person. And so he walks into heaven, and this true story, I mean, this is not made up. He walks into heaven, and he, he looks around, and he says, am I in the right place? 
And the angel said, well, your name is so-and-so-and-so-and-so, isn't it? And he said, yes, it is. He said, well, exactly one week ago at 5.09 in the evening, so-and-so's church, you confess Jesus, Lord. We have it recorded. And he went, yay. I mean, buddy, they, the minute he said it, they recorded it. It's recorded. The day you got born again, they wrote that down. Say, thank you, Jesus. So all of the good... You know, the Bible says if you so much as give a, a cup of cold water, you will not lose your reward. So think about this. There's an angel walking around. I mean, you just stop and give someone an extra tip at, at, at the, you know, when you're, when you're at, out eating. They write down benevolent, helped out tonight. I mean everything. All right, so I'm going to read something to you. I'm going to read something to you. Now, here's one of the reasons I'm preaching this. All of my life, I, am, I, have, I have been extremely aware and conscious of the day I will stand and before God and give an account of my life. I'm, I'm, I'm very conscious of that. That has kept me out of a lot of trouble. See, I don't do the 1 John 1, 9 thing. Oh, Father God, I'll do it, but I'll repent anyway. They're writing that down too. I mean, it's like everything. And you don't want to play the game. And, I'm, and I know that whatever he asked me to do in this church, whatever sermons I've preached, whether I'm faithful to my job, whether I treat you good or bad, I have to give an account of all of that. The money that came in, what did we do with it? Did we treat our employees well? Did we sow it back into you? Did we squander it? I, I have to give an answer for all that. And so do you. How did your church do? Oh, uh, I don't have one. Right, they know that. Well, we're just passing through until the Lord. No, he's not leading you. Your flesh is. Are y'all out there? You go home. Okay. See, God knows you could have grown. God knows you could have. Okay, let's. let's. Mm, what a friend I have in Jesus. I got to get y'all back up again. Y'all looking at me like. All right, 2 Corinthians 5, let's start with 5. Now, he who prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us his spirit as a guarantee. The, so the Holy Ghost given you is a guarantee of your inheritance, so you know you're going there. We are always confident, knowing while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. So aren't you glad to know that the moment you, you die, you go be with Jesus? So isn't that nice knowing that you have eternal life now? Aren't you glad I have eternal life? I have eternal life. So we rejoice that our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, I'm not trying to minister this so you can leave tonight under condemnation, but I want you to leave tonight with maybe refocus a little bit of what you're doing and how you're doing it, especially as we see the day approaching. Knowing that we're confident that while we're at home in the body, we're absent of the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And we are confident, well, rather to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat. That's not the great white throne judgment. You will not be there. You're, you've already gone through that. Jesus took your place at Calvary, and he paid for your sins. So you'll never stand before God at the great white throne judgment. But we will stand before Jesus at the Bama seat, and the Bama seat, when you watch the Olympics, those little steps where one person's here and one person's here and another person's down there, that's the Bama seat, and thus a seat of rewards. Okay, it's not the seat of condemnation, but rewards. Okay, 
I got to tell you this story. It's so, it's so hilarious as we read this. Paul Young Cho tells a story about a guy uh, who died and his wife was very diligent to work in the church. She, she loved God. She loved the church. And he was a businessman and he didn't do anything. But he was a born-again Christian, he, and, he just, and he was always, you know, criticizing his wife. You're always down there at that church. And she'd go clean the church and teach his life groups and out witnessing and sharing Jesus with people. And, and he just really didn't like her doing all of that, thought it was a big waste of time. So she dies, and then he dies like a week later because he's heartbroken. She died, and what about me? Thank you all. So he dies, and the angel takes him into heaven and takes him to his wife's mansion. Oh, yeah. Like, what is she going to do with that thing? And so the angel's talking about all the works his wife did and how she's so honored up here in heaven, and everybody couldn't wait to see her. And he made a mistake and said, I want to see mine. And they took him. Wasn't finished. No roof. Not much going on. Just kind of a foundation, a few walls. And he got, and it's little. It's like a summer house. And listen, he's in heaven. Can't sneeze at that. But he's bothered because he's the man. And when he gets to heaven, his wife outranks him. And so he asked the angel, he said, well, you know, how come ain't nobody putting a roof on my place? He said, you hadn't done enough to get a roof. And, they asked, and so the angel looked at the man and said, you know, you've got a certain amount of time. You've got to go back or you've got to stay because there's a point you can't, you can't, you can't go back. There's a point you can't return. And he says, I got to go back. He said, I cannot live in that house the rest for all eternity. I cannot do this. And he, and he begged to go back. He goes, I want to stay, but I got to go. And his body was in the morgue. And he woke up in the morgue and scared the mud out of the man down there. Because they'd already stuck him in a corner ready to put him in a box. Been like, been like a day later, you know, and he kind of wakes up and jumps up and says, hey, and I mean the poor guy watching the dead people left quick. And he got an appointment to go see Dr. Cho and walked in his office crying and he said, you got to give me a job in this church. I got to get, I got to do something. I don't even have a roof on my house. And he was all on fire to get to going doing something for Jesus, you know. But, I, you know, I, I heard that story and I thought to myself, man, you know, I got to make sure I got a roof on mine, you know. I mean, I got to, you know, it was, there's a point that I, I'm just glad I'll be there. I, honest to God, I'll just thank you, Jesus, I'm there. But I have given thought to this scripture. Let me read it to you again. Let's, let's just read it. We will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive things done in the body according to what you've done, good or bad. Not talking about sin. We're, we're talking about did you live selfish? Did you live carnal? Or did you grow up? You don't have to grow up. You can stay a baby. I don't want to stay a baby. Romans 14, let's go over there and read that one. Everybody say uh, amen Amen. or oh me. Say, I think everything's going to change after tonight. I'm going to get a roof on my mansion, glory to God. Let's read this one because this says it a little bit different. Um, 14.10. Why do you judge your brother? First of all, you've got a full-time job just taking care of you. Why do you show contempt for your brother? 
for we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. In other words, you just, just work on you. Well, you know what they did. Just leave it alone. It's none of your business. You're not God. That might be difficult. That's, for some people, that might be a little difficult. Well, they didn't do it right. Well, don't worry about it. They're not answering to you. I got to tell you a story on myself, and I know y'all love it when I tell you the bad stuff, and I'm not going to tell you who it was. But I had a minister friend who his church didn't do very well. And I'm driving down the road one day, and I'm praying. I think I'm praying for him. I'm probably not. I'm meddling. And I said to the Lord, I said, what about so-and-so? And just as clear as a bell. He said, he is none of your concern. I went, well, excuse me. In other words, why don't you mind your own business? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, people tell me all the time they hear from God, and I don't know whether y'all hear from God or not, because sometimes he don't talk nice to me. And I think he should talk to some of y'all a little bit more than he does. Have y'all ever had him kind of get on to you and go, boy, howdy. All right. He's a good daddy. He's a good, good father. So, so let's, read, let's finish reading. Why do you judge your brother and why do you take contempt for your brother? For you're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. As it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me. Wow. Let's read that up in Washington, D.C. right now. And every tongue will confess to God. So each one of us will give an account of himself to God. Y'all know what an accountant does? It's when they bring you in and find out how you spent your money. But there's going to be an accountant on your time. How'd you raise your kids? How'd, yeah, that's good. That's good. We'll write good. Whooped her kids. There you go. That's a plus. <laughs> Marriages break up because of selfishness. It is not easy to stay married. It's just, if you're still married after a while, one or two of you is doing something real right. Luke 12, 48, let's go over there. And I got, I, I can't, I gotta remember what I, Luke 12. Here's a strange scripture. Let's read 47. The servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself to do according to his will will be beaten with many stripes. I have no idea what that means. I honestly do not. I'm going, well, I don't want a whipping. <laughs> but he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes will be beaten with few. And everyone to whom much is given, much will be required. Now, that's a powerful scripture. You know, your children, if you're a good parent, there's more required out of them as they get older. You don't let them get away with it, and you shouldn't. You better not. You better start requiring a lot more responsibility out of them. Now, God puts people in our lives. All of us in this room have people in our lives. Um, God loves his family, and he wants you to love his family. Have you ever read the love chapter? It's brutal. Patient, kind, hardly notices when others do it wrong. No record of wrongs, throws no fits, unselfish, 
You know, you can just read it and go, help me, Jesus. But yet, walking in love and walking with God is, is synonymous terms. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart by God the Holy Ghost. And you have love here. If you're walking in the Spirit, walking in love is natural. But if you're walking in the flesh, this guy and you are in a fight. There's a war going on in you right now between your flesh and your spirit man. One of them's winning. One of them's losing. All right. Romans 8. Now it's going to get deep. Are y'all all right? All right. I, 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 want, I want you to kind of wake up a little tiny bit to, to the reality Jesus paid a very high price for your redemption. And he takes what you do with that very personal. Did you hear me? This is not slop it in. The commandment to grow up. Is a commandment. It's not a suggestion. Well, I didn't know. Well, you could have. Should have. Are y'all okay? Romans 8. Now, I'm going to read. I want to read this whole thing. Well, let's start with verse 5. He's talking here about a sinner versus a Christian. And I'm going to show you that in a minute, but I'll show you where we're going. Those, talking about non-believers, who live according to their flesh. Now, now I'll show you where I get this in a minute. Every time he mentions flesh, he's referring to a man who's not saved at all. They set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded, flesh minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. The carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Now look at verse 8. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God, but you're not in the flesh but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he's not his. So verse 9 makes it very plain that he's talking about a sinner versus a Christian. He's not talking about a carnal Christian here. So that's good news. All right. But the statement that he makes here is true across the board. To be carnally minded, that means that your, that your soul is still relying on your five physical senses for impulse, Im, Im, impulses. And Galatians will bring this out. This is the reason why you're touchy. It's the reason why you are stubborn. It's the reason why you fight at the drop of a hat when someone says something you don't agree with. All of those things are carnal Christianity. Don't you tell me. I got offended. And yet, and yet the, the Bible condemns this. But yet, like I said, 80% of everybody you meet on the street who's born again they're just as flesh rule as the devil himself. The, 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 the word here, I want you to, let's read this again. I want you to see this. Because I'm going to show you where you, you go. I wish I had a better life. Most Christians are trying to fix the circumstance so they can have a better life. Your circumstance is not why you have a bad life. 
You're the reason you have a bad life. Man, if we could just get rid of this wife and just give me another one. Well, you be just as mean a devil with her as you are with this one. You don't need to, you don't need another wife. You need to treat this one good. Well, she doesn't deserve it. Well, now you need to work on your love walk. Are y'all out there as you go home? And, and yet you watch Christians, they're always trying to fix something in the natural. Always. And if you're a whiny baby, you're a carnal. You think if you cry and whine enough, enough people to get together and fix your mess, and then your mess will go away and you'll be happy. Happiness is based on what's happening. But, but that this is where you get joy, and this is where you get happiness, and everything's got to line up to make you happy, but you ain't never have no joy till you get over here. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness are fruits of your recreated spirit, not your flesh. I mean, you can be full of joy and peace and be married to, to a, 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 a you know, son of a gun. Are you all out there? Did you go home? Now, I got to tell a story on me again. Uh, all the people that put up with me when I first started pastoring, there's a special reward for them in heaven. But when I first started pastoring, Betty Mae and Sandy, hey, they will tell you that what I'm saying is absolutely the truth. I, I thought if we could just get some good people in here. You, you remember that. I mean, I'm just... I mean, every Sunday I'm walking out going, God, these people are knuckleheads. Who was the knucklehead? I was the knucklehead. I, I mean, I'm wanting a church full of perfect people, and God keeps sending me knuckleheads. <laughs> Babies and carnal, and, and I'm thinking, no, don't send me any more of those. <laughs> Who needed to change? I needed to change, and I did, and I love all of y'all, knuckleheads and all. I love y'all. That's just, but see, I'm not getting my joy from you. I'm not getting my peace from you. I'm, I'm here to help you, and if you want it, good. If you don't, praise the Lord. I'm happy as a dog with a T-bone steak, but see, I've learned to see the good in you and not to see the knucklehead, I, but you got to train yourself to walk in the spirit. You, you got to decide that you're going to walk in the spirit and get your mind renewed to how this guy, see the Holy Ghost is in here. He ain't over here. Oh, Y'all, I'm doing pretty good. All right. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. He's not talking about physical death. He's talking about death in all of its forms. To be carnally minded is why you are having the problems you're having. Now, understand something. If you walk in the spirit, you're going to have problems with the devil. But if you walk here, you're having the problems with you, the devil, your flesh, and everything else. And you're create, and you're now reaping what you're sowing, and you just keep adding to your trouble. You want to get out of that so bad. I bet I gotta get over in the spirit here. What is the most unruly part of you? What did God give the Holy Ghost rulership over? If he could just get you talking in tongues, he'd fix about half your mess. <laughs> Build yourself up, own your most holy faith, and take that little thing <laughs> and give it to God. Fix a lot of mess. I'm doing pretty good, ain't I, Lisa? All right. <laughs> Philippians, Philemon 2.13, let's go over there and read it. 
Now, I'm going to read this out of E.W. Kenyon's book again. I read it Sunday morning. And, and I want you to take, I want you to listen. I, I, want you to, I want you to walk out of here today with this attitude. I got to grow up. You, you do. You, you, you need to grow up. We, we all need to grow. So that we will be more like Jesus. Okay, here's another thing, and I want you to think about it. There comes a point in your life where the Holy Ghost in you will get tired of your lack of growth. And he'll start letting you know from the inside, "Uh -uh. uh-uh, uh-uh, we're not, no, you're not. And you're going to start getting miserable. Ask me how I know. I did it. Are y'all out there? Y'all go. I mean, I'm just, you know, when, when, I, when I met Lisa and I got married to Lisa, um, I laid block. I worked construction. And I wanted to obey God my way. Now, I... I Y'all don't believe that, but let me tell y'all something. If you're a Christian, you will have a Gethsemane. I'm going to say that again. You will have a day that just like Abraham where the promise that he gave you and the blessings that he gave you, he'll ask you to take a knife and kill it. Now, some people don't believe that. I don't, I don't believe a word I just said. There, the, there are things in your life that are more important to you than God. And God's going to ask you to kill it. So you're going to have a Gethsemane where God's going to call you to do something. You're going to go, I don't want to do that. Changing churches won't change anything. When you, when you have drug friends in Florida and you move, the drug friends find you there because you didn't change. It's quiet in this Baptist church, but it's okay. So, so I'm laying block. I have a call of God on my life. I love Jesus. I'm reading my Bible. And I'm miserable. Now, in the time, you know, Christians don't know enough to help anybody out. They, if you have Christian friends that are just upset all the time, well, they're, don't worry. They're just backslid. And I don't mean like the old-fashioned Pentecostal, you're on your way to hell. I'm just talking about Jesus is Savior, but he's not Lord. So I'm getting up and, and going to work every day. And Lisa will tell you, I come home every day and pray. And one day the Lord said to me, what are you, you going to do what I want you to do? Well, that upset me. I said, well, tell me what you want me to do. He said, well, I'm not going to tell you that. I said, well, I don't know whether I want to do it or not. Don't shout me down. That's scary. What if I don't want to go to Russia or India or China or pastor or church in Apopka? What if I don't want to do that? And it, and it wasn't until I broke did he, I didn't, did my joy come back and my peace? Be, because walking in the spirits, where your peace is coming from. The, 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 where you live is not where your peace is coming from. The money you're making and the car you're driving is not giving you peace. Now, it's nice having a truck that doesn't break down. So I'm going to read this from Kenyon and... Um,
Your business is to find your place and fill it. Until you do, you're going to pay a price. It's going to cost you to be out of the will of God. It's going to cost you more than you want to pay. There's a, there's a, the, the blessing is in the will. And I, and I did this years ago and God told Elijah to go to the brook Cherith. Why? There was provision at the brook Cherith. Now, if he'd have gone to the brook Wakiva, the ravens were going to show up with his provision at Cherith, and he was going to be praying for food, and nothing was going to be coming. Don't shout me down. You see, you're praying for healing, and you're not going to obey God once you quit hurting. Are you all out there or do you go home? We've got to talk about some of this. Rosa's going to give her testimony Sunday morning online. But while she was in the hospital, and I'm going to give a little bit of it now. The Lord said to Rosa, when are you going to do what I want you to do? He says, I want you in Honduras preaching. And she got up off that bed. God healed her. Why? Well, she's starting to comply. She came to me and says, Pastor, I got to talk to you. I'm going to Honduras. Now, see, she wants to be a cleaning person because she wants the security of the money. God wants her winning souls. He wants to be her security. I'm not calling you to Honduras. I'm just telling you, you need to find out where you're supposed to be. You might need to be a businessman. Churches need businessmen. I, I want many of you just please become a millionaire in Jesus' name. Your business is to find your place and fill it. Until you do, you will pay a price. I want you to know, my brother and sister, the price you pay for staying out of God's will will be expensive. You will pay it in sickness. Loss of money, unhappiness with your loved ones, and you can't be the protected one, the cared for one, as long as you are standing outside of the Lord's will for your life. Take your place. Find out what it is. I'm not calling you to it. I don't know what it is. And don't wig out and be afraid if you don't know. But when I was working construction, Lisa will tell you, I came home every day and prayed in the Holy Ghost until the Lord told me what to do. And that's one of the times I had the conversation about when you're going to do what I want you to do. Then after that, uh, Air Mobile Ministries asked me if I would like to fly with them. I thought, amen, yes, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And I started my own business and made money. I'd paint a house for $600 in a day. I didn't paint a house every day, but I'd, I'd flip a house and paint it and mow the lawn and all that and, and make good money. So I had a week to be gone. But when I was in Haiti, when the Lord said to me, when you get home, they're going to ask you to pastor, you are the next pastor. Now, one of the reasons that I didn't want to do this job, number one, I didn't know how. Number two, I've always known I'm just a tad rough. And I knew one of us is going to die here. And it's probably going to be me. I mean, I'm going to. See, we avoid pain. And for me to put myself in a position to pastor people, something's going to the cross. <laughs> and I'm going to tell y'all, growing up is hard. You say, I'm not ready. Well, he'll put you places you aren't ready. And he'll give you the grace, but you're going to make some, you're going to make changes. Are y'all all right with all this? I'm doing this because we're living in the last moments of the last days, guys. 
you, we, we are in tougher times than we've ever been. Your, your lukewarm Christianity, it ain't going to work. You can kiss it goodbye. God's been trying to get you in the Bible for years and you hadn't done it. You better get on a crash course. <laughs> Thank y'all. How am I doing? All right, good. If you're like, I mean, I'm good. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Philemon 2.13. Let's read that. Pop it on the screen. I just want to read it. We're going to go talk about your spirit, man, now. For God who works in you both to will and do his good pleasure. That's not it. That is, that is one of them, so stay there. Holy Ghost is in where? I know, that's Philippians. We're going to read that, then we're going to read the other one. We'll stay here for a minute. We'll go to Philemon 1.6 in a minute. Holy Ghost is here. Holy Ghost don't like this guy. You're not taking him to heaven. You're leaving your body here. He don't, even, he don't want to even talk to him. There's no connection between your spirit and your body except your soul. The only thing the Holy Ghost is interested in is getting your mind renewed with the Word of God. And getting this guy preeminent. He can't do anything in you or through you until he has got control of this guy. And if this guy over here is in control, this guy is not. Now, you may not believe you can actually squelch God, but you do it all the time. I ain't doing that. I ain't going to church. I don't feel like it. I ain't going. They hurt my feelings. I ain't going. You got a problem inside you now. Because you got this guy inside of you going, this is going to change. You know, I'd like to hear what I'm praying sometimes in tongues. But I was praying one time in the Holy Ghost, and I thought I was being spiritual. And I got the interpretation. Pride, pride, pride. I said, who are we praying for? I have a sneaky feeling that <laughs> the more you pray in the Holy Ghost, the better you're going to be. I'm going to tell you that. Now let's go to Philemon 1.6. The sharing of your faith may become affected by the acknowledging of every good thing in you. This, you, you've got to get your mind, your will, your will, your will, and your emotions, which is your soul, and you've got to turn this guy this way. Now, one of the ways you do that is acknowledging every good thing in you in Christ. You've got to go back to this is who I am in Christ. And you got to start thinking right thoughts. You got to start talking right. You got to start talking the word. All right. Now go to Romans 12. Let's go back to what we were saying just now. Are you ready? Okay, y'all. Hallelujah. I'm in Wisconsin right now. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present what? A living what? That means kill it. That means there's things that you're doing and you need to take a knife to it and go, you are not doing that anymore. You're not ruling me. You're not running my life. This is the end of you telling me what to do. I'm going to walk in the spirit and you're not going to destroy my life anymore. So shut up. And you're going to have to do something with this flesh of yours. Are y'all out there? Are y'all all right? All right. So let's read verse 2. 
and do not be pressed into the world system, the way they act. They're not saved, but you be transformed, metamorphosed by renewing your mind that you can prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, let's go over here and let's look at this. You are never going to get in the will of God until you get here. The will of God's not a place. Yet. Might be. It's not a place until you get spirit-minded. Why would God send you anywhere when, you, when, he, when he don't even have control of you? <laughs> I never want to know what the law want me to do. Well, let's start with grow up. All right, let me, let me talk about me again. How would how I do it? I got four minutes. When I got born again, the first thing that God did was get me a job at a fiberglass plant. I thought, God, Jesus died for all my sins. Why you send me in here? <laughs> because what, what I didn't realize is the first thing he started working on was do what you're told. I got in a fight with the manager four minutes after I walked in my first day. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? He walked up and told me I was late. I clocked in at 4 o'clock on the money. He said, Morgan, you're late. I didn't even know his name. I said, the heck I am. I said, I clocked in at 4 o'clock. He said, if you're late again, you're fired. I just, I, I just started. And I'm already in a fight. Why do you think God sent me there? There are attitudes that have got to die. So what was my lesson? Learn to do what you're told. Get to work on time. Keep your mouth shut. Don't complain anymore. I mean, the stuff God took me through the first year I got saved... Lord, I thought I was joining the Navy SEALs. <laughs> then he told me one day to quit eating zingers and chocolate milk. I was too fat. I mean, my first year with God was brutal. <laughs> and after I worked there for a while, I started becoming such a good employee, they're going to make a manager out of me. And God says, pack it up. You're going to Tulsa. What was he doing? He's training me in a fiberglass plant. Some of y'all got a job you hate. Good. You work with people you can't stand. Good. They get on your nerves. Good. I'm doing good, aren't I? See, you, you don't realize this process is going on all the time to take you from Adam to Jesus, when he's done with you, you are going to be sweet. But many of you are not there yet. <laughs> he that began a good work in you. Are y'all all right? Now see, a lot of times you don't realize what's going on in your life. God's more important in your spiritual growth right now than anything else. You're interested in your income. You're interested in your job. All the things that you're concerned about, God's got that. That's not, even, that's not even on his mind when he's talking to you. He's just wanting to deal with attitudes and complaining and whining. And because he can't take you to your next place until he gets you over some stuff. Say, my best life is ahead of me. Yeah, he's working in you. He's working in you. All right, I got to. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 3. We'll look at one more, maybe two more. Say amen. 
Now, see, I wanted, I wanted y'all to see what God's doing, but I also want you to know there's a little more going on here than just I'm going to heaven when I die. He's developing you right now. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Some of it's not too fun. But we all with an unveiled face, behold, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit of God. Now, I read a scripture ahead of time a while ago, and I don't have time to get in this. We'll get into it next Wednesday night, Lord willing. The only way this is going to change is for you to open the Bible. If you don't have, if you're not, and I'm not talking about your promise box, and I'm not talking about your occasional Andrew Womack book, I'm talking about your Bible. Because until you are reading it and, re- and, and looking into it, this spirit man is not changing. Are you all out there? And so we got people going, well, you know, I didn't have time and well, I was busy and uh, you're, you're going to have hell on earth until you make some changes. Are y'all out there? Get your Bible out. Open it up. You know, there's another scripture, and I told Lisa, I almost preached on this. And You don't have to read healing scriptures to get healed. It says in Proverbs 4.20, just the word. Just open up to Romans 1 and just read it out loud. It'll heal you. But every time you pick up a Bible, you're starting to see who you are. You're getting an insight into this guy right here. And the only way you're going to find out who you are and this guy's going to develop is through your time alone with God and a Bible. Are y'all okay? And that's how you grow. You already, you're already born again, but you're going to have to have your mind renewed to what happened to you so that this guy is taking over to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You ready for one more? James 1.21, and I'll close with this, honestly. Actually, because I'm out of scriptures, that's all I wrote down. Just one more scripture. And, we, and, and, I, and I may get up here. I may just ship Lisa up one day and let her preach on this. Her and I, yeah, she loves it. Lisa and I sometimes will sit in the house and we'll talk about, you know, watching Christians and, and uh, we see areas that are lax. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness, overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul, not your spirit. Be a doer of the word, not a hearer only, deceiving yourself. If anyone is only a hearer, not a doer, he's like a person who looks in a mirror and he observes and then walks away and forget what he looked like. But he who looks in the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and it's not a forgetful doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Everybody say this. Say it with me. Say, I will walk in the Spirit, not fulfill the lust of my flesh. I will become Spirit-minded and let my Spirit man rule. Now, you understand All of the attributes of God are already in there. But you're going to have to get this guy dealt with to turn this guy loose. Does this help y'all? Does this this answer questions? When I got saved, I I, I used to think, I must not even be saved. I still act like a heathen sometimes. And it would, it would scare me because I thought, well, what's going on? I read that scripture that says, well, you're still going to heaven. And I went, well, thank you, Jesus. But I realized that I had a lot of wood, hay, and stubble. A lot of areas in my life just weren't right. One of the biggest things I do, and Lisa will tell you this, every day we pray, get our Bible out, spend time with God. Every day. Not because I'm a pastor. 
I've been doing it since I was a baby Christian because it's the only thing that's ever helped me. People can't help you. They will try. The only one that can help you is God, and you're going to have to spend time with him. Amen. Say, Pastor, you did awesome. Y'all got to get over lying like that. Let me pray. Father God, <laughs> Father God, thank, no, I'm teasing. Thank you for this evening. Thank you for the opportunity to break the Word of God open. Father, you gave us a Bible. You gave us the Holy Ghost. All of us have growing to do. We, we all have growing to do. I don't care where we are. And so there's no condemnation. But uh, it is time for many of us to start making adjustments and work on the real issue. And that's growing up. Becoming the man and woman of God or the Christian you called us to be. And I, I pray, Father God, we'd understand that's where the answer is. And we give you thanks. And I pray, Father God, for everybody in this room tonight, they'll go home with the peace of God on them, the blessings of Abraham. You'll give them a good night's sleep and a good day tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.